This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This, like, when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us some men who know the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Matter of Theology. What we are we are back. It's it's been a minute since we recorded. It feels like it has been a longer minute than it actually has been. I know, man. Um, that's what happens when that life time of gets year. in the way. Yeah, yeah it's that time of year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you can, if you can hear me, I'm probably uh, you, you're probably like, man, is he still sick from the last time? And the answer is yes, a little bit. Yeah. It's Sinus it's your infections are rough, man. It, it's your sexy voice. <laughs> yeah, that's not what my <laughs> wife says. <laughs> friends reference friends reference everybody yeah she says she says she says here drink this cough syrup oh gosh gross yeah throat coat man you know how much i love that stuff yeah i do it works wonders man the lemon echinacea that's a fun word echinacea yeah i think the last time i drank throat coat was when i did a musical which was a long time ago do you want to build a snowman you you and beth moore could be friends that's right. Yeah, we could there build you snowmen. You yeah. could. But we are back in Romans 11. We're going to be going through verses 7 through 10. That's right. Uh, and so it, it looks like it's going to be a minute going through uh, Romans chapter 11. If we're only going like six to three to six verses at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially here at the at the onset, there's so much... Uh, here that we have to do to lay groundwork. Um, but then really, you know, when you're studying scripture um, and then letting scripture study you, uh, which is, which is what's happened to me through studying Romans 11. Um, my, my wife said to me a couple of days ago, um, I, I've noticed a difference in you um, over the last few weeks, um, just in, uh, in, in, in the way that p- potential stressful situations um, uh, as they arise, how, how you handle them and not that I just blow up or go off the handle, but, um, that there has just been a, a, I mean, there has been, it's, 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 this is, and it's not touting anything in me. It's by the grace of God. It's the work of the word. And who would have thought that it would, <laughs> that it would come, uh, based out of Romans chapter 11. Um, and of course the book of Romans, is called Paul's magnum opus. Um, and uh, Martin Luther said that uh, it would do the Christian well uh, to have it memorized. 
to read over it daily. Um, you know, this is, uh, I, I mean, in this book of scripture, uh, I, I mean, there are a lot of theologians, um, like Dr. R.C. Sproul, um, who said that it's uh, quote, Paul's fullest and grandest, his most comprehensive statement of the gospel. Um, and so, man, just, just through these, honestly, I I've, I've stopped at verse 10 and I've been studying verse 10, uh, through verse 10 this entire time. And, and man, it's a very, very humbling passage of scripture. So, um, so yeah, it's going to take us some time to get through it, but I, I love that because, um, when studying scripture, it's not about how much you study. It's not about the quality. It's about the quantity. So that's right. I mean, and, and as an expositor, which is what we should be, we should not just zoom through a passage. Amen. We should actually take the time and dissect each verse uh, because words have meaning. And especially in, in these verses, which is why uh, men like Martin Lloyd Jones could do three sermons on verse one, going through each word alone, you know? Um, But when we go through each verse, what we want to do is we want to pull out all the richness and the fullness Mm -hmm. that each verse has to say. We want to leave no stone unturned. Correct. That is the point of expositing the text, drawing out every ounce that the that the text has to say. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, just as a as a recap, if you haven't listened to our first uh, our, our 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 first couple, we we've done we've done a, a couple of episodes now on Romans eleven, and uh, I've laid some groundwork as far as um, thirty five thousand foot view of. Uh, the book of Romans up to this point, uh, non-exhaustive at all, just with overall themes. And then uh, in our in our first episode where we dive into the content itself, um, uh, you know, we got through verse six. And so just to keep it in context, I figured we would uh, we'd read sep- uh, one through ten. Um, and then we will start uh, just kind of unpacking because there is a ton here in these three verses, a ton. Uh, so. If you have your Bibles, which I hope that you do, unless you're driving, and then that would be problematic. So don't do that. Um, You can listen along. But uh, uh, God's word says this. I say then, God has not rejected his people, has he? May it never be. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have torn down your altars and I alone am left and they are seeking my life. But what is the divine response to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. In the same way then, There has also come to be at the present time a remnant according to God's gracious choice. For if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. So then our text tonight. So what then? What Israel is seeking, it has not obtained. But those who were chosen obtained it. And the rest were hardened. Just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor eyes to see not and ears to hear not down to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened to see not 
and bend their backs forever. The word of the living God. Mm, man, I got I got goosebumps, like real goosebumps right now reading that. Um, yeah, I mean that's a man. that's a pretty heavy, especially those last three verses. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, so just just going back to to verse seven, what then? Uh, you know, basically bringing in the the summation, right of the of the previous six verses. What then? What Israel is seeking, it has not obtained. So, what is Israel seeking? That's the question we have to answer first. What is it that they are seeking? Well, and I actually want to say just something about seeking. Really quick, uh, the word is epi- epizeto uh, in the Greek, and and this is more than just a a casual looking around, right? This is more than than just a hey, I'm 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 looking for my car keys because I have to leave tomorrow to go somewhere. No, this is a diligent, extensive, exhaustive search. I mean, think of you can't find your child. Think of, you know, you've misplaced something of immense value. And, 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 and the Jews at this time, I mean, they were, they were frantic almost about their religion uh, and what they were doing. And we're going to, we're going to get into that here in a minute, but, but, and, and well, and Paul, you know, Paul's already addressed that. In uh, in chapter ten, in verse two, uh, he says this: "For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge." So that 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 that's something crucial to remember. And and again, notice the verb tense there too: is seeking. It's a it's an th- this is an active thing. This isn't passive. This isn't this isn't anything other than an active seeking. They wanted to be right with God. They wanted to obtain the righteousness that God required in the law. But the problem was, and don't we all, right? That that's a that's a that's a good point for all of us. We all want to do that, but the problem was is they were going about it in the wrong way. All right. So, yeah. All right. So, go back to go back to what you were saying, bud. So, uh, uh, no, that's good. The, uh, the seeking that is a diligent search. It's, it's a hard working task that they're doing. They're, they're basically white knuckling, putting their, their shoulder to the plow. Mm. Uh, but what is it that they are seeking? Well, they're seeking the righteousness of God. They have not obtained it. They're trying to work for it, which is what Paul uh, discusses in verse six. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. So they're working to obtain the righteousness of Christ. But that's 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 something you can't work for. That's something that that is only given by grace. That's right. That's right. Amen. And it says they have not obtained it. Yeah, yeah, and and Paul elsewhere uh, earlier in in Romans nine and, and and specifically around verses thirty one and thirty two, uh, you know Israel had failed to live up to the law that they pursued, and that's in verse thirty one. They 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 had had failed and faltered, um, like I said earlier, to 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 just not earlier, just a few minutes ago, uh, to be righteous in the eyes of the Lord, um, and and they stumbled over the stumbling stone, uh, which we see in verse 32 there towards the end of Romans 9, uh, which was Christ. Um, 
And, and he is, he is the end of the law for righteousness for all who believe in him. Of course, that's, uh, we see that in verse four, um, of Romans 10. So, um, and, and, and remember, and, and we, we talked about this, uh, in, in our previous episode, that's, that's the truth for all who are lost. That's the truth for all who are lost in Paul's day. That's the truth for all who are lost today. Uh, that's why you'll hear so many people say that uh, if someone claims to be an atheist, no, they're not, they're not really an atheist. They're battling against, they are still seeking because, because their conscience is bearing witness against them. And well, unless they've reached the point to where the conscience are seared and the Lord has given them over completely, which does happen Romans one, right. Uh, and else multiple places in scripture, Thessalonians, um, anyway, um, but that that that's the condition of all of us, um, and and so what Paul says here is the elect, um, the the elect in the second part of verse seven, um, they are the chosen are the ones who have obtained it. Yeah. So this is where we actually see uh, the the elect within the elect, right? Correct. The, so so we have when we discussed last time. We discussed about you have Paul talking about the nation of Israel, mm-hmm. but then he zooms in on those who are chosen out of Israel. Right. Well, here we have it presented even clearer. Mm-hmm. The nation of Israel is working to seek after the righteousness of God. So they're working to seek after salvation. Right, right. But those, but but they didn't obtain it, but only those who were chosen out of that's right. The nation of Israel, the remnant chosen by grace and birth five. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yep. And then, so, so, so there you have the, the elect, the sovereign election of God, Mm -hmm. and then the rest were hardened. Now this hardened, why were they hardened? This is something that God does. Yeah. And that's, don't like that. Sorry. Sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People don't like that. They, they, they think, well, no, if you, if anyone goes to hell, they go to hell by their own doing, you know, they didn't accept Christ. Well, here it says they were hardened. They, it didn't say they hardened themselves. It says they were, the rest were hardened. Those who were chosen obtained it. And then the rest were hardened. Now, and and I'll say this, um, this is going to be kind of fun right now is, they were hardened, uh, but they were hardened. And, 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 and the point of this passage is to emphasize the one doing the electing and the one doing the hardening. Okay. That, that, that's one of the main points here in this passage. God is the one who saves and he is because it's a passive hardening from the outside. We'll get into that here in a minute, but he is hardening those who have already rejected the Lord. They have already, they have already said no. Uh, so th- this is that, that, that doctrine that is, uh, it, it's found numerous places in scripture, but it is one that is, is tough to wrap our minds around. And in fact, I, I haven't, and I, I, I know of people who have studied scripture for longer than I've been alive and have said, this is one of the great mysteries in the book of the uh, of scripture as a whole is the mystery between God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. So, 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 and the rest were hardened. 
um, you know, it, it's again, it's an outside source or power that is hardening. And it's the source is God himself. And this is not a new concept. It is found uh, multiple places in Scripture. First Peter 2.7 talks about it. Um, and so the authorized version says blinded. So the hardening or blinding, it, it's, it's meaning that it's like a callous mask that prevents one from seeing. Um, uh, so, so when uh, you think about stupor or slumber, uh, in, in the next verse, and, and and we'll get there here in a second, in a second, in, in in full on. But think about the hardening here, and the stupor, and the and the slumber. It's it's like that. Have you ever been in that that in between space between sleep and awake? You're yeah, like every day I, I wake I, up. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can see, but I can't hear, or I can hear, but my eyes aren't open yet. And it's 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 often compared to that kind of feeling. But yeah, that's usually how I drive into work. Oh boy! Uh, so uh, no, no comment there, man. Be careful. Um, so it's 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 you're not in a place of consciousness, but you're not in a place of complete unconsciousness either. So it's like a Dr. Steve Lawson says it's like this. It's like a like your foot falling asleep, right? Or your arm or your hand falling asleep. It's um uh you know I, I, gosh I was holding Noah one night. And, um, and we both fell asleep and he was in my left arm. And when I woke up, uh, to try to get up and lay him down, m- I, the way I had my feet it's situated in the chair, like both of my feet were asleep. I could, f- I knew that I had feet, but I couldn't feel them. And so then you get that, that tingling and that prickling sensation, um, that, uh, that, you know, that, that w- when, when it's coming back, but, but that's what it's like. Um, the, the hardened, um, and so, and, and talking about the hardening for a second and, um, you know, again, God only hardens those who, who have in their own, own hearts already hardened that heart to him. Those who have rejected his grace. And again, that's a mystery because how could they reject what they didn't know? Right. But they did know it because scripture says that all without excuse because of, of all of us know that there is a God because of natural revelation, but especially all of us in this country, especially all of us in the church, we have no excuse because we have an oversaturation of special revelation. Um, so th- this hardening, you see it all throughout Scripture. Isaiah 29, Deuteronomy 29, Psalm 69. These are the verses that Paul's going to use in this next section of Scripture. Um, but thinking about other examples of hardening, look at Pharaoh, right? God judicially, he judicially hardened Pharaoh's heart, Exodus 4, Exodus 9 and 10, because Pharaoh willingly hardened his own heart against the Lord. And look at Judas, right? Luke 22. Um, uh, you, you see that, but, but also realizing that, that all of that works together because of the sovereignty of God. And again, I'm not doing a good job of, of, of explaining that right now, just because it's, it's such a hard concept for our finite minds to understand, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. Um, so it, it's a mystery and, and scripture is full of those, 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 um, those reminders of, and it's a, it's the coexistence of, of God's sovereign preordination and, and man's personal accountability. Um, but well, it now is, let's, l- l- let's, uh. Let's see how this factors into it. Uh, 
the doctrine of what some would call double predestination. Yeah. Because if, if some, if, I mean, as, as good Calvinists, you know, we believe in the doctrine of, of predestination. Well, if some are predestined for, for, we'll say, uh, salvation, well, then doesn't that logically fall that in eternity past, yes, uh, others were predestined for reprobate reprobation. Yes. Yeah. So, so there, there are two sides to predestination and I wholeheartedly believe this, uh, election, which is his gracious choice and reprobation, which he chooses to leave people in their sin. Um, and, and Dr. Stephen Lawson, I'm going to quote him a good bit tonight. Uh, you know, election, he says this election sinners receive what they don't deserve. Reprobation sinners receive what they do deserve. Election sinners receive mercy. Reprobation sinners receive justice. Election sinners in heaven by the will of God. Um, and uh, reprobation sinners in hell by their own will. Mm-hmm. Now that's not a that really it's not a uh, all God has to do uh, for for the reprobate to be reprobate is just leave them in their own nature. That's right. Because they leave them in, in their natural state of being, of, of not seeking after God, not desiring God. He just leaves them in their sin. He says, you want that? You can have it. That's fine. I'll even give you a shove towards it. That's right. So back to Romans 1, which which we walked through extensively on the podcast. Um, so uh, starting in verse 18, you know, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against those all against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile. I like to say futile instead of futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of the birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Now, notice the order that Paul writes this in. He talks about how people have chosen to believe and suppress or suppress the truth in unrighteousness to exchange the truth of God for a lie. And then, so, so notice that that that's what happens first. Then therefore, verse 24 of Romans one, therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would would be dishonored among them. And then he goes through and says multiple times that God gave them over. God gave them over. God gave them over. God gave them that, that shove that we talked about last time, that casting away. Fine. This is what you want. Go. Go. That's the hardening. So that's part of it. I mean, we could, we could probably spend hours talking about this. Well, no. I mean, because Paul continues... Yeah. And he says the rest were hardened. Well, what does that mean? The, the rest were hardened. Well, just as it is written, God gave them 
a spirit of stupor, eyes to see not and mm. ears to hear not, mm-hmm. down to this very day. I mean, that's uh, mm. that that's kind of scary because if you already can't see, well, God, you continue to reject and suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Well, God's going to make it to where you forever you can't see, yep. forever you can't hear. Yeah, uh, keep keep going. There's a quote I'm looking for for R- from R.C. Sproul who talked about this, but keep going, and then I'll I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll so, read it. <clears throat> so, but still, the one thing that people don't like is they do not like the fact that this is what God does. Yeah, He's always done it. it he's always done it because I mean. When you reject God, God will reject you. Okay, here's, here's the quote I was looking for. This is from Dr. R.C. Sproul, uh, specifically about this verse, verse 8. He says, the, the, quote, The people of Israel were blind because God had made them blind. Their blindness was a punishment for their sin. They did not want to see the things of God. So, as he has done throughout redemptive history, he abandoned them to their sinful desire. This is God's poetic justice. If you do not want to hear the word of God, be careful because God will make you deaf and then you will never hear it. If you do not want to see the kingdom of God, whatever you see, even vaguely now will be taken away. If you are not alive and energetic to the things of the spirit, Be careful that God does not visit you with the spirit of lethargy, taking from you whatever weak zeal you have. When God works that way, it is always a punishment for evil inclinations, close quote. Wow. Now, we were talking offline about some stuff. Um, And specifically this quote here, uh, I thought about it when we were talking. Uh, If you don't want to hear the word of God, be, be careful. Because God will make you deaf, and then you will never hear it. Um, and and we're seeing that today. And I'm not just talking about, and we weren't just talking about offline. We weren't just talking about the the secular world, the um, you know the extreme uh, unbelievers. We're talking about inside the church, those who claim to be believers, those right. who claim Professing to, to have be wise. The light. Yep. May it not be said by any of us that we became fools. That's right. Yeah. So uh, what we're seeing in a lot of churches uh, is the uh, from the pulpit, you see uh, watered down preaching. That's not even preaching. It's uh, motivational speeches. It's capitulating to the culture. It's allowing the culture basically to dictate the message. That's right. The, the message, as you say, so much so that even the president of the SBC, J.D. Greer, even said that that you should refer to trans people by their chosen pronouns. You are capitulating to the world. You are rejecting what God says, and you're uh, you're catering to the delusion of sinful people. So now, what what that's going to happen? So the apostles they didn't have sixty six books sitting on their lap. 
we do as the church. The problem, when you don't open those 66 books, when you don't study them, when you don't preach them, when you don't teach them as they were given, and and what's inside the doctrines that's inside, that little bit of light that you have, when you reject it, it's going to be taken away from you. Well, and you, when you don't build, um, when, when you don't build on that truth, uh, when you twist that truth, uh, when you refuse to defend that truth. Now, I, I wholeheartedly agree with Charles Spurgeon. Uh, scripture doesn't need defending. Just, 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 just loose, loose, loose the lion and 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 remove the cage and 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 let the let the word of God out. But the the issue is, and and with what you're talking about, is people aren't letting the lion out. They're trying to tame the lion. Because they are um, afraid of uh, of the mauling of our own pride that that lion will 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 unleash um, as it should, um, and 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 that's that's ex- you know that, that's kind of what Paul was getting at here. You know, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to see not, ears to hear not, down to this very day. So and 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 right here, you know, Paul, uh, uh, Paul, Paul is quoting uh, Isaiah. Uh, I believe that's Isaiah twenty nine. I'm pretty sure it's Isaiah twenty nine. Um, and 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 the hardening says to yeah yeah Isaiah twenty nine four. Um, you know, Moses said that fourteen hundred years before Paul, and Paul says it's still true to this very day. And I think all of us can say it is true in this day as well. Um, and that's, man, that's, that's, oh, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, my wife and I were talking a couple nights ago. Um, and I, I, <laughs> scripture is completely sufficient. And I think we have belabored that point on matter of theology and we'll continue to, I say belabor, not in a negative way. We will continue to say that. Um, we will continue to, Lord willing, by his grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, show that in our lives personally. Um, but scripture is completely sufficient in all things, in all things. Um, you know, uh, going back to what you just said, and I haven't read the article yet uh, about, about and this just article just came out today about, about J.D. Greer saying we should refer to trans people in their preferred pronouns. I mean, no, does scripture say specifically you should do that or you shouldn't do that? Absolutely not. But scripture says, speak the truth in love. And that's not speaking the truth in love. You see what I'm saying? Like scripture always has, it always has something and to, to say to this. And I think I said this last time I was quoting Lloyd Jones, but we need to perspective. All of life is scriptural. All of it. It all applies. And there, there will always be times for us to either be obedient or disobedient to scripture. Or God will send us a stupor as a form of discipline, um, hopefully to, to, to get our attention, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop there before I, before I, I get fired up and say something that isn't, isn't beneficial. (laughs) We'll put it that way. But let's continue, uh, into, uh, verse nine. Uh, and David says, let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Now this, a snare, have you ever gone hunting with a snare? Nope. 
Yeah, me neither. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but but basically what a snare is, a snare is a type of trap that you set. Uh, uh, it's kind of hidden away and, and it's meant to catch prey. Uh, it's meant to be kind of a deception. Uh, to catch prey so that it's a little loop with a string and you set it up in such a way so that once your prey falls right into it, they're caught and they're hung and they can't get out. So that's what, that's what Paul's saying here. Let their table become a snare. It's going to, it's going to trap them. Right. That they can't get out. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, uh, there, there were a couple of the, a couple of commentators that I read and, and, uh, they were saying that we should we should take this to mean that that the hardness of heart includes the misuse of of the foods and the other gifts that this table uh, would have held. Okay, um, and we think about that. We, we think about that. In, uh, the Word of God, right? The Word of God uh, itself can become that 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 snare and that trap. I mean, typically a table is thought of as a, as a safe space, right? filled with with these uh, uh martin lloyd jones called it bountiful things um that are are nothing but a blessing uh, you know but however to the to the unrighteous or the unregenerate or those who have had their hearts heart, hearts hearts hardened uh or eyes blinded this table becomes a snare and a curse and again the blessing of the the bountiful things become a curse now because let's go, well, let's go back. Yeah, yeah. Good. Go what is explain the table? What is what does Paul mean when he's referencing David that says the table? Well, uh, you see it in Psalm twenty-two. You see it in Psalm twenty-three. Uh, and and well, he's he's specifically talking about the impre- he's quoting the imprecatory psalms mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's pronouncing curse uh, curses and judgments, but typically at a table. Um, it, it, it represents, like I said, the, the bountiful food, right? The, the pleasure of eating, the safety, um, uh, that, that you find there, the joy that you find there. Um, you know, a couple of, uh, commentators said it probably stands for simple, ordinary, the, the good things of life. It's meant, it's meant to be a blessing. It's meant to hold that blessing, but because, like I said, because that hardness of heart, it becomes a curse. You know, these good things that God has so graciously given, they they are held on that table. They they become a stumbling block, a trap. Um, Martin Lloyd Jones says that says it like this. Um, you know, it's that, that their bodies were fat, but their souls were lean. Right. So people will feast at that table, um, but it does become a curse. To those who are hardened. Um, and that's, I mean, look at, look at Christ himself to, and specifically in context here to the Israelites, right? To the Jews, Christ himself was, uh, was a snare and a trap, a stumbling block. Um, uh, uh, Peter references the old Testament in that way. Um, and it's, it's, it's truly Martin Lloyd Jones says this, he says, it's truly heartbreaking when people and I added, ourselves included, when we place our hope and trust in the very things um, that damn us. Unbiblical Christianity, cults, etc. You know, we uh, works thinking that we have to earn God's favor, um, and 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 then we end up we end up making gods out of the pleasures and the blessings that God has given us 
and we we turn those pleasures and blessings that God has given us into idols. And so all we do is feed. John, John Piper says we feed our physical appetites um, for the for the aesthetic pleasure, and it ends up deadening our spiritual appetites, and we lose all desire for God. Yeah, I mean you you said uh, you or you mentioned uh, what was it? False Christianity. Yeah. I mean, think about, I mean, and we've talked about it before, um, regulative principle, normative principle. Yeah. Well, we bring in a lot of things that we, that, that we do to worship God or to live our lives for God, things that, that, that God doesn't even command, but we do them and, and we pronounce ourselves saved or in right standing with God just because we do these things. Sure. But the whole time, uh, we're actually not even doing what God has called us to do. We're not mm. living how God has called us to live. Right, right. You know, I mean, if it, it, if we don't obey God, those blessings that He's given, they become a curse to us. And 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 that is that is true for for all of us today. We've have we not have we not looked at God's blessings in the wrong way? Have we not abused our freedoms that we have in Christ? We deserve it, man. Come on. Yeah, I, I mean, the, we deserve those blessings. The, the the gospel itself. I mean, Drew, you mentioned the the, the normative versus regulative principle. Um, that that's that's huge. That is huge. I, and 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 the more I study Scripture by God's grace, the the more I see that that it's not it, it's it, it's not a you know we're we're just going to do what's normative and and uh and and whatever feels right because the experience is there. Um, if it does not honor and bring blessing to his name and, 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 and line up with his word, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, Justin Peters at the truth matters conference. He, uh, was, he did a, a, a talk and, and, and preached and about hearing from heaven and those who would, and listen, I'm going to probably step on some toes right now. My goal is not to step on toes. My goal is to define terms and hold to the sufficiency of scripture. Okay. I just want to put that out there. Okay. The argument between continuationists and cessationists. Okay. Uh, first of all, the proper definition of one who is a continuationist is someone who still believes that the sign gifts, the apostolic sign gifts are still going today meaning that God is still speaking, fresh revelation is happening, people have been given those gifts. That is the proper definition of continuationists, okay? A continuation, you, if you call yourself a continuationist, that's what you mean, okay? I want to put that out there. Cessationism is not a bad thing. In fact, it's what you find in Scripture, I don't, I'm not going to get into that now because we're not talking about that now, but that's important for my point. And I know I'm long-winded, but sue me. Cessationists believe that the apostolic sign gifts have ended. Okay. The, the gift of healing, the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of, of speaking and writing divine revelation from the Lord. Okay. To name a few. Those have ceased with the canon of Scripture being closed. We find those ceasing in Scripture, okay? For those who want to say that they are continuationists and not cessationists because they still believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 
if you believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but believe that the apostolic gifts have ended, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. You are a cessationist. You are. I am. Okay. The Holy Spirit still moves. God still heals. Hello. Salvation is a miracle. The spiritual awakening of a dead body is more miraculous than the resurrection of a physical one. Period. Period. Scripture is clear about that. Okay? So, I say all that to say, Sarah Young, Jesus Calling, awful. God is not still speaking if and and for those who like Matt Chandler who like to say well you know i mean you don't say that the lord has thus says the lord you just say well i think that god is telling me no if god's justin peter said this if god's speaking god's speaking it's the same remember james 117 every good and perfect gift comes from above from our heavenly father in lights who does not change like the shifting of shadows if god's going to speak and tells beth more to go build a snowman, then it needs to be added to scripture. If God's going to speak and tell you to tell, no, 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 no. God is not speaking today. Now, the scary part about people who hold, white knuckle hold to that, and and, and we all need to, we all need to examine ourselves. And look, I know I'm, I'm, my, my tone is a bit fired up. Um, it is. It absolutely is. Because, well, that's just me. Anybody who knows me knows that. So um, not coming down, not judging. Oh my goodness, look out. I'm not doing that. What I'm saying is the scary part about people who hold to that and refuse, absolutely refuse to see something in scripture because it flies in the face of what they quote unquote think or feel. Scary moment, scary question. Has God given you a spirit of stupor? And that's a question we need to ask ourselves all the time. We constantly need to be going back to this book. We, and, and, and that's, and that's the question that Justin Peters asked. He said, so if you ask the question, uh, he said, I have to ask you a question. Have you mastered this book? Which the answer is no. Then why do you need anything else? We don't. But that's where we've got all of us. And I'm saying this for me too. I am saying this for me to hear me, hear my heart. I'm, I'm saying this for me. We all need to examine our own theology all the time. Test everything. Be a Berean. I've said that so many times on this podcast. Test the spirits. Test everything. Okay. Now I went into that whole diatribe about cessationist versus continuationist because that's something that is still going on uh, all throughout the, the church today. Um, and, and, and so many people have been confused about it because of improper definitions. You have to define the terms properly, you know, not uh, only that, but uh, I mean, you have to define the gifts properly too. If you're yeah, talking about the gifts, you've got to define the gifts. Yes. The gift of healing is not the same thing as God healing. That's something. right. That's it's not, it is absolutely not. <sighs> so. I mean, look, I'll, 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 I always ask, I, I, I can't talk all of a sudden. I'm just, my brain is moving a hundred miles an hour. Um, 
So the, the question is this, when it comes to this section of scripture, God gave them a, a, a spirit of stupor, eyes to see not, ears to hear not, down to this very day. Uh, and, and, and David says in verse nine, let the, let the table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. So we, we have to ask this question, you know, or again, Thomas Watson, going back to what I just said about, but examining everything in the face of scripture, Thomas Watson, again, he called God's word, the richest jewel that we've been given his richest blessing can become a curse to people. It can become a curse to those inside the church if we're not careful. You know, we, 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 we can't say that we hold to an infallibility and inerrancy of Scripture if we're not willing to exercise its sufficiency as well. And we have to ask ourselves, Martin Lloyd-Jones in his commentary on Romans 11 asked this question. He said, quote, are we too proud of our knowledge of the Bible but have lost the Spirit? So that's also, you know, that's also a question that I've been asked, especially the last couple of years. You know, well, you, you think you have all this knowledge and knowledge is nothing but puff up. You're right. It doesn't. It, it, or, it, or it does. It, it can. But we need to ask ourselves again. And I absolutely wholeheartedly affirm. Well, what's the, the, the I mean, just what's the opposite of that? So are you not supposed to have knowledge of it? I mean. <laughs> right, right, right. When you when you break it down, the argument logically, it's it's Yeah. So, um, so we have to remember to seek God his way. We cannot seek God our way and not his way. And and that's what we see happening here, right? Table, table became a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Verse 10, let their eyes be darkened to see not and bend their backs forever. So well, hold on. can I go okay. back to, Please to, go. to yeah. verse nine? Yeah. Um, just cause I want to, I want to kind of tie it together. Yeah. Yeah. I know I jumped all over. So, the um, <laughs> so what is going on when, when Paul's referencing, uh, David in this, in this section. So, so if we go back to verse seven as well, the is Israelites, they're trying to work for their salvation. So they're working for their salvation, but on the table is all the good stuff, the grace, the mercy of God, Christ, who who acquired righteousness for you on your behalf, died the death that you deserve. But they're still working for it. But what is it? They're sitting at the table and all the good things on that table have become a snare. They can't understand it. They can't get past it. No, because we've got to work for it. It's not just grace. Right. It doesn't work that way. We've, we've got to work, work, work to obtain it. They can't get past uh, the fact that Christ came to pay for their sins, to do what they could not do, to, to obtain the righteousness that they need, the alien righteousness that they, that they have to have uh, to, to fulfill the, the holy standard of God. They cannot get past it, and that has mm -hmm. become the yep. snare. Yep. Yep. that they can't get out of the trap they can't get out of well and remember they were genuine they were genuine and um you know flipping back to to ribbon markers in the way to Romans 10 again verse 2 I testify 
about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with the knowledge, with knowledge for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. So they were genuine. They had zeal, passion, but they were genuine, but genuinely wrong. And they were they were seeking God, but not in the right way. They completely missed what the law and the prophets were saying. And that's one of the reasons Paul quotes them so much is because they missed the Messiah completely, completely. And you think about what that does for us, right? And again, I go back to what we were saying. Are we zeal- like we can be zealous in reading our Bibles, praying, serving the church, making sacrifices, etc. But but we don't know him, right? We aren't worshiping him in, as John 4, 23 and 24 says, in spirit and in the truth. There's only one way of salvation, and that's by faith alone. And, 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 and what we see here is, is they, they missed it. They missed it and rejected him. And so for those who are chosen, they obtained it, but the rest were hardened, blinded you know, um, and working, you know, that's what that bend their backs forever. You know, they're, they're constantly working and striving, but yep. in the wrong direction. Yep. They will, they will forever be working to obtain something that they cannot. Right. That's right. Right. Uh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they had the oracles of God, right? They, they had, they had his word. Um, you know, D- D- David saw, and 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 that that section right there, and and uh, let their let their table become a a snare. This out of Psalm sixty nine, and David saw how how his enemies hated the word of God and the church, um, and and that that's what he was talking about. He was pronouncing a curse that, that those imprecatory psalms there. So, man, it's uh, it's it's humbling. It, it's it, it, and I said I said at the beginning, you know, this this passage of scripture. And again, I know I, I know I got intense there, <laughs> so, but um, but this this section is humbling, you know. Uh, and of course, there are going to be holes in our theology, right? There are going to be holes in in our interpretation, um, you know. And and I'd like to think that that for for each of us, you know, for Drew, for you and I, and for Josh, and uh, for Nick, uh, that if it, when anybody comes along and and, and points out those. Uh, the, the, those holes that we would be repentant, that we would turn to scripture, that, uh, that we would pray, um, and search ourselves to make sure that we haven't or aren't spiritually blinded because we've rejected, um, you know, it's some of it's obvious, right? You look at guys like, like Pete Buttigieg claiming to be a, a Christian, but married to another man and, 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 and completely, completely wholeheartedly denying the doctrine of, of, of the infallibility and inerrancy of scripture. Um, you know, you look at extreme examples like that, um, you know, but then, but then there are, are, are the smaller, more subtle examples of, of those who have been given a stupor, um, because of their rejection of what you find in scripture. Um, you know, guys like, like Francis Chan, for example, you know, uh, Dr. Tom Askell said this, he's, or I'm sorry, Jared Longshore on the founders podcast. He said that, you know, that we don't just wake up one morning. We don't just one day hold to, uh, the praise and the worship 
and the ordinances of God. And then 24 hours later, wake up Joshua Harris completely denouncing the faith. Um, it, it's a slow fade. It, it, it starts with those subtle rejections um, and not willing to lay down our pride and to let to the truths found in scripture uh, influence us instead of us trying to, to, to control it based on what we feel or what we think. Anyway. You know, and, and going back to, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you know, just like, a, well, you guys took a couple left turns tonight, uh, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Maybe you've never, uh, you know, you're listening to this, you found it, someone shared it with you. Um, and you have found yourself in that spirit of stupor. You found yourself working for your righteousness and thinking that you have to earn favor with God. Maybe you found yourself trying so hard um, by your works and and trying to show yourself uh, someone approved so that God will accept you. You're trying to clean up your life before coming to the Lord. That's not the way the gospel works. The gospel of Jesus Christ, where uh, it, that that's not the way it works. You need to be regenerate. You need to be regenerated. You have to be given the faith to believe. Um, and, and that starts with, of course, that starts for you when you confess Christ and, and believing in Christ and on Christ as Lord and repenting of your sins and understanding that, that this perfect man came, uh, uh, the, the second member of the Trinity. This was God's plan A from the beginning, that before the foundation of the world, pre-temporal, that Christ would come and live the life that we could not. He, he attained the goal of living in complete and, and, and total righteousness with God, that that righteousness was imputed to us and he became the propitiation for our sin. He died the death that we deserved. And then three days later, uh, in, in that great Trinitarian act of his resurrection, uh, arose breathing again, uh, and, and scripture says that he holds the key keys to death and to Hades, that he has overcome death and that by us putting our faith in him, confessing Christ as Lord, living, uh, our lives with the realization that works are a fruit of his work. Our works are a fruit of his work, not, uh, not the result of it. So, um, yeah, don't confuse sanctification yeah. with with attempting to work for salvation. Right. They're not the same thing. No. Sanctification is the process uh that comes from your salvation. That's right. In 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 growing to be uh more like your Lord. That's right. That's right. It's the work of the word. It's the work of the word and the spirit. It's the spirit applying uh, what you find in the word of God to make you more and more like his son, um, more and more like Christ. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a hum, it's humbling and it's, and it's, it's beautiful and it is unmerited, immensely unmerited and undeserved, unwavering grace, um, that we have received. And then the opportunity to be used by him for his glory, um, and to spread his gospel throughout the, throughout the whole world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now the question is, are you ashamed of his gospel or are you not ashamed of his gospel? Segue into letting you guys know hey, we're going to do a book giveaway. We are. So uh, Dr. John MacArthur uh, wrote a book 
that is now in its third edition uh, called Ashamed of the Gospel. And uh, uh, Dr. MacArthur, along with Phil Johnson, put this together and uh, they, uh, they address the issue of pragmatism uh, versus the sufficiency of Scripture. Um, uh, and, and talk about everything from psychology, uh, to, uh, the seeker sensitive, uh, movement and what that has done, uh, to, uh, show that, that some are ashamed of the gospel. So it's a fantastic book. Uh, so we are going to be giving away a brand new copy of that. This is not a pre-read, pre-marked up copy because, well, if you got one of my books, you're going to get all kinds of notes and highlights and, Everything else, um, but uh, but this is not one of those. It's brand new. Um, and how are we going to do that, Drew? Do we know how we're going to do that yet? Man, I have no clue. Right now, I'm just <laughs> announcing that that's what we're giving away. All right, cool. So, but we will come up with some way to give it away. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Our, our our brains are, are working. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to Google neat ways to give away stuff <laughs> on a podcast. Only if you Google that neat ways to give away yeah. stuff. Neat ways to give away stuff. But the goal, really, I think for for 2020, at least my goal, uh, is I want to give away more books than we did this year. Because we didn't start giving away, you know, until we were kind of along in the in the journey. Um, but that's when we came back from Shepherd's Conference. Yeah. So uh and we've only given away a couple. Uh but uh, I mean, I've got some ideas. I want to acquire some uh, some things that I mean, they're not overly expensive, but you know, there's a set of systematic theology books that's pretty reasonably priced that I want to get uh, and give them away, just because yeah. I used them in my life. Yeah, uh, me too. It's uh, the set that I you know usually go to uh, whenever I have to write a paper or something or talking about a, a doctrine. But, uh, so, so things like that, um, just giving those things away to, to listeners. So, well, we also, well, I mean, we have a, another one too, don't we? Yeah. But I'm, well, it hasn't come yet. Dude, you got to follow up on that. I do. You know, yeah. Yeah. I need to follow up on that because it's making me mad. It's almost like two weeks already. Yeah. And I had, I got mine. You had to like the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyways, more book giveaways are coming. Just know that. And it's going to be awesome stuff. Uh, but with that, we're going to head out of here. I got to do some editing on this. Yeah. Block out all the coughing I did. So, oh, well. Have fun. Get out of here. What, what, what is it that Von Hessler says? Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Go in God's grace.